Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Great to be back with you guys once again. It really hasn't been that long since we uh, were together talking about the exit of Dansby Swanson from the Atlanta Braves to the Chicago Cubs as the Cubs offered Dansby a seven-year, $177 million deal to come play shortstop for them. That was certainly an offer the Braves were not willing to match as much as Dansby is loved and respected in Atlanta. Uh, the Braves clearly did not consider him a $25 million uh, $25 million per year type of player um, as their offer came in somewhere around $16 or $17 million. So you certainly wish Dansby the best if you got to see um, Dansby's um, interview and press conference in Chicago. Uh, Dansby's still that class act guy. Um, he talked about his grandfather being a, both a Braves and Cubs fan. Uh, and so growing up, uh, you know, kind of having both of those teams in his house. And so kind of cool, you know, hearing that. And, and you certainly wish him the best. And I think it would be really cool to play for the Chicago Cubs and at Wrigley Field. Um, but a lot of day games. So hope he's hope he's ready for that. But nonetheless, you know, as Braves fans, we uh, we wish him well. It's it stinks to lose you know, players that you come to know and love and, and root for. We've uh, certainly had our share of that the last two years. But we move on and we start to think about what are the Braves going to look like uh, this season. And we also start to think about what are their opponents going to look like. And, man, the Mets just keep spending. They spend at record levels this offseason as um, Carlos Correa shockingly um, – goes from, in a way, goes from the San Francisco Giants to the New York Mets. It looked like Correa was going to end up with the Giants, who have been really looking to make a big splash in the free agent market. It uh, looked like he had a 13-year, $350 million deal with the Giants. Apparently, there was some kind of medical issue the Giants were um, were kind of uncomfortable with that came up. Uh, we don't know the full story on that. If the Giants backed out or if Correa was unhappy with how they were doing things, and he backed out. But nonetheless, uh, he changes course. He goes to to the New York Mets for 12 years, $315 million. So obviously a little little less money, and it's a little less money per year, but it's still a 12-year deal. It's still over $300 million, so I think he's doing just fine. And apparently the Mets are not concerned with these medical issues that the Giants uh, were uncomfortable with. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, Correa is a guy, we'll talk about this a little later, but Correa is a guy who has not played uh, like Dansby Swanson. You know, Braves fans are, are used to their shortstop playing every game. That has not been Carlos Correa over his career. He um, has had many seasons, actually, where he has been injured and out for um, at least, you know, a handful of games, sometimes more than that, sometimes significant number of games. So clearly an incredibly... Uh, talented player of these four shortstops that were on the market this year. Um, probably the best one um, out there. Uh, also pretty young. So even though, yeah, it's 12-year deal, he will be 40 at the end of that. He'll be, uh, you know, gray hairs coming in and that sort of thing. But uh, right now, he's an incredibly talented player. Uh, the Mets are hinging on the fact that he will be healthy and playing um, and obviously playing meaningful games in October as well. Uh, so what I want to do in this episode is really analyze how the Mets and Braves stack up today. Obviously, the um, the offseason is not done. 
Uh, I think it's very likely that these teams will not be fully uh, built until the end of spring training. I think that's probably especially true, true for the Braves. Um, but uh, I think we can still begin to see what these teams look like, where the weaknesses still lie. And, you know, as a Braves fan, it's really easy at this point in the offseason to get off kilter a little bit in viewing the Mets and everything they've done, all the money they've spent as, uh, you know, just basically blowing the Braves out of the water. Uh, the Braves have been one of the least active teams on the free agent market, have really had no impactful signings free agent-wise. Obviously, the Braves' one big move was the trade for Sean Murphy, which we've analyzed. Um, and there's some, you know, pros and cons to that move, but obviously very, um, very excited to have a player of Sean Murphy's ability uh, catching for the Braves. But anyways, uh, the, the free agent frenzy that the Mets have been under, it, it really... I think throws things um, you have, you know, it's hard to have good perspective with that because they've added so much talent, but they also had a ton of holes to fill and the Braves just simply have not, you know, do not have those uh, types of holes. Uh, the one frustration I would say that's true as a Braves fan is the two most obvious holes that the Braves have, they have not filled. Uh, t uh, still to this date. So we'll get into that as well. So what I want to do is basically use fan graphs and their projection system to really analyze where the Braves and Mets stand, um, where the weaknesses lie for both teams, and also just kind of clearly have a good picture of where, um, you know, where this NL East race is going to stand. Now, what I'm obviously doing is I'm leaving the Philadelphia Phillies out of this and i'm i'm doing that um not to you know say they they won't be competing obviously they made it to the world series this year they're a very good team um i do think it's going to be a, a two-team race for the nl east uh that being said could philly jump in there and do it absolutely they could um, I think they're very likely a playoff team again. You do have to remember that the Phillies are going to be without Bryce Harper for half of the season, uh, but obviously they they added uh, Trey Turner. Um, so they are a very good team, and they will continue to be that. But just for the purpose of you know what we're doing uh, today, I really want to dive into a comparison of the Mets and the Braves. All right, so let's get started with that. And uh, we'll start with uh, the catching position. We'll go position by position. So starting with the catching position, I already mentioned that the Braves obviously acquired Sean Murphy uh, from the A's um, not too, too long ago, sending William Contreras um, to actually the Brewers and a lot of other uh, kind of mid-level prospects, I guess you could say, to, to the A's. We're not going to dive back into that deal. but So the Braves have Murphy and Travis Darno at the catching positions. Um, this is one of the best catching tandems in baseball. And Fangraphs has the Braves ranked number four in baseball overall for the catching position. So um, Fangraphs is projecting uh, a 4.9 war season for all Braves catchers. Um, the Mets, on the other hand, are ranked 11th, and they uh, they actually picked up Omar Narvaez. He's a free agent. And then probably their backup will be Thomas Nito, and together 
they are um, set to bring in a 3.6 war season. So again, you know, as I'm going through this, I'm obviously using this projection system. I don't get too tied up on uh, the war projections specifically. I find that these systems are actually a little better just in terms of the rankings uh, than the actual numbers. A lot of times I think uh, the war tends to be uh, under uh, under projected for some reason. But anyways, I do think generally it's helpful in terms of rankings. So just wanted to mention that as we go. I will mention too where I think fan graphs might be uh, a little off, uh, but I think this is reasonable. The Braves actually rank just above the Phillies. Um, obviously, they probably have the best uh, single catcher in baseball uh, in Real Muto, but um, the, the combination of Murphy and Darno is looking a little, just very slightly better uh, than Real Muto. Uh, there are a few teams just ahead of the Braves, which might surprise you, um, but a couple of teams, particularly, um, uh, particularly uh, Toronto, uh, has a really good catching situation as well. All right, um, moving on to first base, the Mets and Braves are very close on this one. The Mets are ranked fourth in baseball with Pete Alonso, uh, and he is projected to uh, bring in a 4.3 war season. Uh, the Braves with Matt Olson, a 3.6 war season. Um, I do think this seems a little light for Matt Olson. Now, he earned a 3. I think it was a 3.4, somewhere around there, last season. Um, he did have kind of a, a pedestrian year for the Braves coming in in that first year. Had to be tough, you know, coming in for Freddie Freeman. He definitely had some ups and downs, and he had a really bad month, uh, basically a month of August, that just he was um, one, of the, one of the worst players in baseball suddenly for that month. Um, if he had not had that, then his season would have looked a lot better. But I do think a 3.6 war season seems a little light uh, for uh, for Olsen. I also think Alonzo, his best war season ever was a 4.4, and they're projecting him at a 4.3. So this might be a little heavy for Olsen, too. Uh, he doesn't give you a ton defensively, uh, where Matt Olsen is a little better defensively as well. So I think this one could flip, but again... Obviously, both of these teams have very good first basemen. So I think, uh, you know, maybe it's just a wash. All right, second base, uh, the Mets. Again, uh, the two teams are very close uh, in projections. The Mets, uh, between Jeff McNeil and Guillaume, uh, have a 3.6 war projection. Uh, they are projected to be the 10th best team at second base um, this year, whereas the Braves are pick to be 11th with Ozzie Albies carrying most of that. Again, I think that might be a little low. It seems like the Braves should be a little higher if Albies is healthy and has a good season. Of course, he needs a bounce back season, you know, so Ozzie was not playing particularly well uh, when he got hurt this past past year. So uh, we know that uh, Ozzie Albies at his best is a very, very good player, uh, but you can understand why Fangraphs might be um, a little, um, a little careful to project him too, too aggressively. Uh, at shortstop, the Mets rank fourth in baseball with Francisco Lindor. Uh, they are projecting him to have a 4.6 WAR season, whereas the Braves, between Grissom and Arcia, a 3.3 WAR season between the two. Now, this one we want to spend a little time on. Obviously, this is one of the 
areas of need that the Braves have known they needed to address, and nothing has happened on this front as we speak, uh, as they have, you know, let Dansby Swanson walk, and we're not willing to uh, to match these big numbers that other teams were willing to give to the shortstops this season. So, you know, it's it's interesting to look at this. Uh, Grissom and Arcia, while they are not, um, you know, a top 10 or, or top five uh, group uh, combined, you know, a 3.3 war season from your two shortstops, that actually is not terrible. And uh, so while it is one of the weaker parts of the Braves, um, you know, from the projection systems, I think it's interesting that they're, it's not like they're totally bottom of the barrel. We've been talking about shortstop a lot. Um, the Mets obviously have a better uh, situation going on right now than the Braves do. But it does make you wonder if Grissom is able to, you know, improve his defense a little bit. You think he's probably going to be able to hit. This might not be quite the weakness that a lot of people have been thinking it would be. It's not the, it's not the best situation, but it's just kind of interesting to see that the Braves still have potentially a better shortstop situation than a lot of teams in baseball. All right. Uh, at third base, the Mets are number one, and this, of course, is with Carlos Correa coming in. He is projected to have a 5.3 WAR season. This is very interesting to me. I just already, I already mentioned this, but Correa's projection is all about his health. He has not been the healthiest player in his young career. Uh, he's only played over 140 games twice in his career, uh, and he is about six full seasons in, uh, maybe actually seven. Um, so it does make you wonder what this medical report was about. He's had some back issues in the past. That is not a good thing to, uh, you know, that can obviously be recurring and have a lot of impact on your swing and, and how much you can be out there. So, um, you know, if, if Correa is going to be con consistently on the injured list, then he's not going to get to a five, five and a half war season. And man, when you are paying a guy, for 12 seasons, you just wonder if if this might be something the Mets have gotten into. But obviously, you know, it might be something he he's able to overcome, and it's um, you know not not something to worry about on their end of things. Now the Braves are ranked seventh in baseball at third base with Austin Riley, and they are projecting him to have a four and a half WAR season. Um, I will just say this: Riley has been consistently under projected throughout his career. Uh, for whatever reason, um, uh, you know, it's it's been pretty well known that um, these, you know, these war projections and with players' value, uh, they tend to be really negative on Riley's defense. I do think he doesn't have he doesn't have the greatest range, but it seems to me that he's at least a, you know, middle of the road third baseman. He is a great offensive third baseman. In fact. Uh, he's better than almost every other offensive, you know, in offensive categories, he's he's one of the best in baseball. We'll just put it that way. So while he's projected to have a four and a half war season, I do think that's a little light. Um, he had a 4.7 war season in 2021. And, and last year he had a five and a half war season. Um, you know, he had that, you know, out of his mind July where he was just uh, the best player in baseball. And that boosted him a lot. But but I think it's probably likely for him to be closer to a five-war season than four and a half, but maybe we're splitting hairs at that point. All right, in left field, this is going to be the, the hardest pill to swallow for Braves fans. The Mets are ninth in baseball. They're not tremendous, but you could say maybe solid. 
with Mark Canna and Jeff McNeil taking some uh, days out in the left as well with the 2.7 war uh, season. And the Braves are dead last in left field. That's right. Braves are dead last in baseball projections-wise between Rosario, Ozuna, and uh, Jordan Luplo, who they just uh, signed on a $1.4 million deal to probably be like a fourth outfielder. So that's good for um, one, 1.0 war, which is terrible. That is below replacement level uh, for the Braves in left field. So this is clearly the biggest uh, biggest problem point for the Braves. It's something that if they were to address it and address it in the right way, it could really shift um, the Braves' projections in, in a big way. It could make a, a big improvement for them. You know, so again, I just want to, let me go back to shortstop for a second because a lot has been made this offseason about the Braves and shortstop. Um, if you were to bring in, let's just say, you know, a lot of talk has been made of um, of some of the free agent shortstops still out there. Uh, you have Elvis Andrews is the, the number one name that's been tossed around. Uh, he had a pretty good bounce back year last year. Well, he had a three and a half war season um, for the White Sox. So again, even if he comes in and is able to duplicate what was his best season in, in years, um, what Fangraphs is saying is between Grissom and RC, you're getting that anyways. So it, it really doesn't make a ton of sense to spend five, eight, ten million dollars on that kind of a player when basically you have that proje- uh, that production in-house. Now, this is just a projection. It's not guaranteed by any means. But I think what the Braves are probably seeing is that with all of his, um, you know, warts and wrinkles, uh, Grissom is a young player who can continue to improve. I think they like his bat a lot. Is it a guarantee that he's going to come in and be the shortstop? No, I think they're not sold on anything. But I do think that this is a better solution than people are um, assuming it to be. Whereas left field is a black hole right now. I mean, you really have no one on um, on the roster between Rosario, Ozuna, Luplo. Uh, you got Hilliard as well, another kind of fourth outfielder type, uh, and none of them are really all that um, all that sexy out there in left field. So I I just continue to wonder if the Braves are going to address this. It's such an obvious weakness on the team. Um, and it just very clearly shows up when you start looking at projections. All right, so let's move on to center field. The Braves and Mets actually basically tie uh, in the war projections, and they are both very good in center field. The Mets and Braves both projected to be the third best team in baseball. Brandon Nimmo, of course, with the Mets, uh, he signed a big uh, free agent deal to remain in New York uh, at 4.9 war this season and the Braves Michael Harris also projected to be 4.9 war again I feel like and yes I know I'm a little biased but I feel like this is a low projection for Harris Uh, he managed a 4.8 war season last year in just 114 games so clearly what Fangraphs is looking at is a little bit of a sophomore slump where that that is very possible Uh, certainly um, you know I think Harris showed some weaknesses in his approach and swing on off-speed pitches near the end of last season. He wasn't quite as good offensively down the stretch and in the playoffs. But nonetheless, between his defense and his ability, I think, to adjust, I think Harris is 
um, is likely to have an even better season than what is projected, but obviously that remains to be seen. All right, in right field, the Braves uh, are number five in baseball in this projection with Ronald Acuna at 4.6 war, and the Mets are number nine in baseball uh, with Starling Marte and, again, Jeff McNeil at 3.0, 3.0. So the Braves definitely have uh, an advantage in right field, and I think some of you might have even, you know, thought of this when I said it, uh, Acuna could very well blow past this projection. I mean, uh, he had obviously a struggle of a season last year coming back from the ACL. This is, I think, a middle-of-the-road projection. It's not it's not projecting him to be back to old Ronald Acuna, who's dominating the major leagues, but it's definitely a better Acuna than last year. Um, we all hope that Acuna could be the star that we know He's capable of being that that knee is totally back to normal. And if that's the case, you know, he's a six war plus player, uh, which would be one of the best right fielders in all of baseball, maybe just behind Aaron Judge. So, uh, again, another another area you could see the Braves being a little better from what they're projected to be. All right, at DH, neither of these teams are particularly great. The Mets are ranked at the 14th best team in baseball, with Daniel Vogelbach being their kind of primary um, DH, and they're projected at a 1.8 war. Uh, The Braves, unfortunately, are pretty low uh, at 25th in baseball. And again, um, they are uh, projected to have Ozuna, Murphy, and Darno kind of as their primary DHs. Uh, I think this is a little off. because I I really, and maybe I'll get more into this later, but I don't think Ozuna is going to be on this team. Uh, Fangraphs has him between left field and DH getting over 450 uh, at-bats this season, and I just don't think there's any way that that happens. Um, and, you know, you guys know that I've been wanting Ozuna to get off the team for a while, and while that's still the case, uh, for what the Braves did bringing in Murphy, and talking about him and Darno, you know, taking on a lot of DH duties, both being right-handed hitters, it and you know the Braves just signed Jordan Luplo as kind of a backup guy who hits lefties well. I just don't see it. Bats for Ozuna. Where is he going to play? Why? Why are they putting these the you know these DH at bats in other uh, right-handed hitters' hands uh, when you have Ozuna? I just think the writing is on the wall that they're either going to trade him during. Um, you know, during spring training, or they're just simply going to get to the point where they have to release him. I just don't think he's going to be um, on the team. Maybe they give him at-bats in April and May uh, just to see if he can have another turnaround season, but I think it's it's less likely. So that's where the projections have the Braves. I think if you get Ozuna off the team, this projection gets a little better. Um but I just wanted to make that point. It, it still, however, shows you that the Braves aren't the best team by any means at DH, and they could definitely improve with maybe adding another hitter uh, who could step in there. All right, on to the pitching. So starting pitching, the Mets are ranked uh, the second best team in baseball with a uh, 15.3 war uh, stretch between all of their starters. Scherzer and Verlander make up the lion's share of that with eight and a half war between the two of them. The Braves are also very good uh, in starting pitching uh, with a ranking of fifth 
and uh, they are projected to have a 14 and a half war season uh, between uh, them. And I will say that that war is is spread out a little more evenly between uh, really their top four or five guys. Um, and I will say too that I think Freed and Strider are kind of undervalued here. Freed is projected to only have a 3.2 war season. Uh, he had a five war season last year. You know, he was number two in the Cy Young voting. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, and he's he's right in the middle of his prime. So I'm not sure why Fangraphs thinks he's going to dip so much. Uh, Strider had a 3.7 war season, um, or sorry, is projected to have a 3.7 war season. He had a 4.9 war season last year. And remember, he didn't enter uh, the starting rotation for quite a while. Um, and then he also got shut down at the end of the season. Uh, sure, he could have one of these sophomore slumps as well, but I, I have a hard time believing if he stays healthy and he's in there, he's only going to have a 3.7 war season. So, um, yes, I think um, I think the Braves are just fine starting pitching-wise and could actually take up a, a good bit uh, if, if um, Freed and Strider are who we think they will be. All right, and finally, the relief pitching. Uh, so both of these teams are very good uh, in relief. The, the Braves are number two in baseball with a 4.6 war projection, and the Mets are number three with a 4.3 war projection. The only thing I will say about the Mets is they're very top-heavy with one guy, and that's Edwin Diaz. He is projected to have a, kind of an unbelievable two-war season. To, to have two-war as a relief pitcher, is pretty crazy. Uh, he is that good, by the way. But if he were to have a down season or get injured or anything, the Mets um, relief court looks uh, a lot weaker than what they're projected to be um, at first glance. So we have definitely done, a, I think, a pretty good job of um, going through each player position by position in terms of the Mets and Braves. But just for a second, let's look at overall uh, wins above replacement projections for each team. So the Mets, by adding Carlos Correa, have now put themselves in a position uh, to be number one in projected war across all of baseball. Uh, the Yankees are number two, the Padres are number three, and then here we have the Braves at number four. And of course, uh, you look at these other three teams, you know, the Mets have had uh, all these major additions, but of course the Correa addition being kind of the one that's put them over the top here. The Yankees have had a couple additions. Of course, they bring back Aaron Judge. Uh, they um, they get Carlos Rodon and a couple other smaller moves. The Padres, of course, added Xander Bogarts. And the Braves haven't added much, right? I mean, again, uh, Murphy. But other than that, they've kind of stood pat. They they lose Dansby Swanson um, and, uh, you know, even some, some smaller uh, losses as well, like uh, Kenley Jansen. But here they are still sitting fourth. So the good news is they're right in the mix. They are projected to be better than the Astros, to be better than the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Phillies, uh, by a good bit, actually. Um, and yet the Mets uh, stand alone at number one. And, you know, of course, this is just projections. But it is telling you that on paper, at least, the Mets have done uh, a really good job of putting together a very, very good team. And it's a team that the Braves are going to have to uh, to overcome. That being said, it's not that big of a gap. Uh, the Mets are at a 54.0 total war, where the Braves are at a 50.6. So, you know, 
one addition of a solid player uh, kind of puts them right back in the mix right there. Just as we kind of break down everything, because I know I've given you guys a lot here, but just at first glance, right, the Mets have no major holes. I mean, they're they're a very solid team. When they signed, uh, not Lindor, but when they signed Correa, uh, their owner, I think, came out and said this was kind of the the last thing, right? This was the last step for us being complete. And I think that's what he means, right? That while there are a couple areas that they're not, you know, a top 10 team, they're they're pretty solid in, in every area. They're, they're middle of the road in left field, DH and catcher, but, but there's no weak spots, no obvious weak spots on this Mets team, uh, at least in terms of their top players and their depth chart. Uh, the Braves have three very obvious areas of weakness, shortstop, left field, and DH, again, with left field being the most obvious uh, weakness. Uh, for sure. So let's let's talk about the Braves just a little bit more. Okay, so with these weaknesses, the first point that I would make is that if Vaughn Grissom, you know, if he ends up being the shortstop, if he can provi provide serviceable defense at shortstop, middle of the road kind of defense at shortstop, then I think his projections uh, go way up. Um, the the shortstop projections as they stand. They kind of see uh, Grissom and Arcia um, sharing time at at the shortstop position, and I think if if Grissom can prove to to stay there, uh, then he's going to get obviously more at bats. Uh, his bat is way better than Arcia's, and um, he's going to be a pretty so solid player. Um, you know, at least you think he will be. Now, could he still also have some some struggles with the bat? Yes, I think so. But I think his his in his entire season is going to is going to hinge on his ability to play defense. So what I think you're going to see actually is the Braves are going to allow him to play as much as possible in spring training to prove that he is capable of remaining there. And if he can't, if he's not ready, then maybe they do make a move. Um, maybe they, you know, just give it to Arcia. Maybe they, they make a trade that we're not, you know, seeing, um, but I think they're going to give him every opportunity to prove this because I think that is the best uh, possible outcome for the Braves is Grissom playing shortstop. You know, as far as left field goes, uh, one thing that could happen that is not being projected is Eddie Rosario could have a bounce back season. Now, all of Rosario's value is based off, his, off of his bat because he's not a good defensive left fielder, right? So, if Rosario can bounce back and, you know, be that, you know, two to two and a half war player, which it is possible he could be that guy, then that obviously solves the left field issue. This is another thing that I think the Braves are going to want to see in spring training. Um, he wasn't himself last year. You know, the eye issues and all that. I think he was struggling to adjust to his eye procedure pretty much all year. It was just a lost season for Rosario. So, I think they're going to make that happen, you know, going to allow him to to prove it, but maybe not. I mean, maybe a move is going to is going to be made much earlier than that, but I I expect that to happen, right? Um if they go another direction, even just a middle of the road left fielder puts them in a much better position uh than they are right now. And obviously the move that could totally turn things around for the Braves in left field is going out and getting Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. 
Um, the, the problem with that is something I've already mentioned, guys, is that the Braves gave up a lot of their prospect capital to go out and get Sean Murphy. Um, so now if you're going to go out and get Brian Reynolds, it's going to be very difficult to do that. You're probably going to have to give up, um, you know, Vaughn Grissom or, you know, some major league player that, I mean, we're not even thinking about maybe one of your pitchers, you know, I, I don't know, but it would take, uh, a high price to go out and get Brian Reynolds. So it is possible. Now, if you do that, Brian Reynolds probably turns into one of the top three left fielders in all of baseball. Uh, maybe the top left fielder in all of baseball because he is defensively capable. He's a very, very good hitter. And uh, so you might could go from the, the worst team in baseball in left field to the best team in left field. So it would obviously have huge impacts on your team. I just don't know if it's realistic that the Braves are going to be able to pull off that kind of deal. Um, and the last thing I'll mention, you know, for the Braves is I really do think Ozuna is skewing some of these projections in both left field and DH. I mentioned that, that he's already being projected to get 450 at bats. Um, from fan graphs. I just don't see that happening. And so obviously whatever the Braves would do uh, to replace him uh, might have some impact on those projections. Now, as far as the Mets go, um, the first thing I will say is as of right now, I think the Mets probably should be favored to win the NL East. I don't like saying that at all, but man, they have done a ton. What I would say is before the Correa deal, they'd kind of just, you know, they had, um, filled all the holes that were left at the end of this season, right? They um, they lose DeGrom, but they get Verlander. And, you know, all of these different guys that they actually brought back, you know, they bring back Nemo, that sort of thing. But Correa is a huge addition to a team that was all, you know, already very good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's realistic to say, you know, the Braves, here the Braves lose Dansby Swanson. Okay, they gain Sean Murphy. Um, but the but the Mets, uh, you know, they they bring in Car Carlos Correa, so that's pretty tough. I do think that they are they should be favored to win the division as it stands right now. Obviously, some things could change this off season. But here's the thing: while the Mets have a lot of stars, they are top heavy. Uh, they don't have tremendous depth, particularly at certain positions. And here are the three guys. Well, actually, four guys that I think are crucial to the Mets. Um, Correa, Scherzer, Verlander, and Edwin, Edwin Diaz. If any of those four guys were to uh, get injured um, or for some reason their um, whatever they're projected to do this year kind of falls off the table, then I think the Mets are in real trouble. I think they could maybe survive one of those guys getting injured or whatever and still make the playoffs, but I think they would be greatly harmed by that. Uh, I think particularly Scherzer and Verlander, they're leaning really heavily on two old pitchers. Um, and, you know, when you're 38, 39, 40 years old, at any moment, things could go go bad. Uh, and I think particularly what you've seen from those two guys is in the playoffs, they have not been the best these last couple seasons. Obviously, Verlander was, was injured with Tommy John when the Braves beat the Astros in 2021. Uh, Scherzer has not looked sharp in the last two Octobers. And even though the Astros won the World Series, you know, Verlander was pretty bad until his last start. And he kind of gutted it through and, and, and was better. 
but you know that's a long season and and the Mets might might win the division they might stay relatively healthy and then you get to the playoffs and and all of that um, production starts to wane a little bit because of age and they're they're older at some other uh, spots too you know uh, Starling Marte and, and that sort of thing so I I think um, on paper again you know that's what we're looking at on paper the Mets are probably a tick better than the Braves but in terms of a major league baseball season um, and the the health that is required you know the Braves obviously are, are a younger team uh, that doesn't guarantee them health but I think it's it's a little more likely to be the case so I think the Mets are a little a uh, little shaky at least once you get to you know September October all right so I think the Braves over the last few years have been pretty hard for these projection systems to catch they if you might remember you know the last couple seasons they um, were not favored to to win the NL East and they did and of course in 2021 they they won um, the World Series when no one was was projecting it so I, I do think that that's probably the case again I think you have a couple of younger players for the Braves who don't have a long track record and I think it's just harder to capture those projections with younger players uh, the Braves also have several players coming off injury that you just don't exactly know what's going to happen with them Acuna Albies even Mike Soroka who's really only projected to have like a one war season but man what if Soroka comes back and is really quite good um, that could be a huge win for the Braves so any bounce back from any of these guys you know bigger than what's projected could be really impactful for the Braves you know I'll just leave you guys with this I I really think as much um, as much has been paid to shortstop uh, this offseason for the Braves and rightfully so with the Dansby Swanson stuff I really actually think left field is the bigger need right I think the team will be far more impacted by a solid left fielder I'm not not even talking Brian Reynolds but a solid left fielder coming in and and uh, and filling that void uh, than than anything else so I think um, Alex Anthopoulos is going to uh, continue to look uh, there's not much left on the free agent market at all Michael Conforto just signed he's basically the last big name um, to, to sign uh, in free agency as far as outfielders go so it's gonna have to be through a trade um, the Braves could just try to bring back Adam Duvall I, don't, I mean I don't dislike Adam Duvall but that's not really gonna solve much I don't think so just you know keep your eyes out I really think a lot of action probably won't happen until spring training for the Braves but I do think left field is gonna be uh, the place that the Braves are gonna move I really don't think it's gonna be shortstops Guys, right before I go, I do want to address one more thing. Just before I was going to end this episode, I came across the report that um, the Mets are having some concerns about Carlos Correa um, and his physical with them. Apparently, this is related. We get a little more information related to his surgically repaired leg. Um, so, obviously, bad news for Correa. It's very interesting. Now, this report is not saying the Mets are backing out of the deal. Uh, maybe that happens maybe it doesn't but maybe it's at least telling you that there's something truly serious that um, that the Giants came across 
Um, we Again, we don't know the ins and outs of who pulled out of that deal. We don't know how this is going to end with the Mets. Uh, it may simply be that, yes, there are concerns, but the Mets are still comfortable enough to continue with this deal and sign Correa. And uh, maybe they won't be. Uh, and obviously that impacts the NL East moving forward and, and um, you know, maybe even impacts Correa's uh, future. I, I don't know. It's It's really just kind of a mystery at this point as to what's going on with uh, these health concerns. But I wanted to at least address that, that maybe Correa to the Mets is not totally 100% yet. This report is being reported by Ken Rosenthal, which he's pretty solid with his reporting. So I don't think it's um, it's a nothing report, something to keep, it, keep our eyes out on. But anyways, guys, this season is going to be crazy. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, the NL East is setting up to be a true showdown of three really good teams. And uh, the Braves are definitely going to have to earn it if, they, if they're able to take it. It's going to be very interesting to see if Anthopolis is able to add uh, to the current roster and when he might do that. So we'll continue to watch, and I will talk to you guys soon.